So yesterday, as you know, because you were there, <laughs> I was. We had the the luxury of, and the honor of being invited to one of Lucid's new stores. Yes. How would you rate that overall experience? <laughs> well, let us let us start off with a big disclaimer that this isn't our. Uh, this is not a blind experience. This is not going to be us telling about the buying experience since they knew we were coming. So do not look to this as a, I guess, 100% unbiased look at how the Lucid staff will treat a customer. Yeah, we were unable to test these sales staff, but it's probably something we should consider doing. You know, we've tested Ford before. Yeah. We've tested a, f- a few automakers. We, we could look into that. Once once we leave their minds or maybe wear a disguise, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll put them to the test. So go in with a fake mustache. <laughs> yep, just two dudes with fake mustaches. Nothing nothing weird there. So Lucid opened up their first Florida location, I believe, in uh, downtown Miami, in the Brickell City Center, in uh, which is a high end upscale shopping plaza. They have a nice little corner first floor showroom which is pretty visible right below the apple store so you just by default have a lot of foot traffic there and they opened two days prior to when we came in and uh, we decided to stop by and very friendly uh, english chap named guy who has been with the company for i believe five years gave us a you know tour of the of the car. It's the first time seeing the car in real life and just the design studio in general. And I mean, overall impressions, uh, we've obviously seen a lot of startups go for this style of showroom. This is by no means a traditional dealer experience. This is, you know, taking the blueprints of uh, Tesla's little showrooms and um, expanding them out, you know, to make it more of a luxurious not as high pressure uh, experience. So the showroom was adequately spaced, but there was only one car there. And then another stripped down car, which was just the overall platform, which uh, definitely helps with, I guess, explaining to customers of the inner workings of an EV and how it works and where the batteries are and where the motors are and stuff like that. So that's pretty neat. And definitely gets people in the door because you're walking by and you see just the platform of a car and you're like, oh what's uh what's going on there? Um it was furnished nicely, you know, wood accents, all that stuff. Um they have uh they had a they had a standalone dashboard and two seats with uh VR, which was kinda gimmicky, but it it's 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 pretty fun. It's pretty cool. You put on the VR headset and you can um configure the car's wheels and interior color and exterior color and see it in different virtual lights to get a better example uh of uh what the car would look like because they only have one car there it's not like you can it's not like they have an inventory of 30 different vehicles that you can see different uh color combinations on so that's their little workaround for trying to have the customer have a better understanding of what their preferred uh you know, color lineup would look like. Pausing on this, yeah. Pausing on this VR, yeah, subcategory for a minute. Would you say that it was a better experience than a standard online configurator? 
Well, it's... I don't want to say it with 100% certainty, but I'm pretty sure it was the same graphics they used in the online configurator, but just adapted to VR. So obviously you're moving around the head and you get, you know, you look in the back and you can see the back seats and whatnot. Um, Obviously nothing beats having the physical car, obviously. And they did have the actual uh, leather interior swatches like we saw in real life. Um, And the different color options also physically in case you didn't want to step in VR to at least give you some semblance of, you know, what's the difference in colors. Um, But, I mean, it's, you know, it's, like I said, it's it's not going to be seeing the real car. Um, But it's definitely, you know, a fun thing to do. And it's an experience that uh, I think will help in, in word of mouth in terms of, you know, marketing and advertising, you know, some dude will come in and see a con- his configured car in VR and he's going to tell his other friends like, yo, they gave me, you know, my car in VR. It was kind of cool. It was kind of neat. And then that person's going to be like, huh, I don't think I've ever stepped in a dealership where they configured the car into a, a VR, you know, cockpit. So, you know, it gives, I guess, a little bit of a better understanding, but that was... It was a fun little excursion. No, it's not a it's not a drivable VR system. It's just correct. It's not a driving simulator. Yeah, you're still going to need to do a test drive, which they will offer there. They don't offer it yet. They're they're targeting uh, spring, which is when the cars will actually start being delivered. Um, right now, the production has started, I believe, in small quantities, but they're going through various validations and whatnot. And the car actually that was in the showroom was not a final production version. Um, no. There was, I mean, it was, it looked more or less production ready. It was a drivable car. Yeah, but some but some of the hinges weren't, like, production ready. Like, I think the only thing I can really remember is that the trunk doesn't open as far as it should. So very minor fit and finish types of things. But we got to, I got to sit in the car and um, just a very... <laughs> I mean, I I liked Lucid from the from from as soon as they unveiled it. So obviously, I'm a little bit biased towards how I feel about the car. But sitting in it, it's very obviously comfortable. You would hope at that cost it would be a comfortable car. Very interesting interior because they have like five or six different materials in terms of suede,s leathers, plastics, and whatnot. It's very visually pleasing. the The amount of screens also, you know. Very nice, very cool, and, and nice intuitive spots. The little, uh, the the windshield going up all the way to the top of the roof is uh, something from the Model X that I really enjoyed, and I wished more cars would have it, and it's found in the Lucid Air, so it's great for uh, sunny drives and whatnot. So, it's a very, it's a very chill uh, atmosphere, I'd say. You know, it's kind of like a high-end coffee shop, almost. There's various, um, um, like they have their own shirts and like some coffee mug type tumblers things, a little section for that. They had a nice little plush couches that you could sit on. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's definitely better than any other, uh, traditional dealer route. And it's a window into what we can possibly expect expect from any other startups uh 
you know, mall showrooms and stuff like that. We drove around all day, all day that day in my Model S. Mm -hmm. How would you compare it to that? As someone who sat in both. Uh, well, like we'll say, like I'll say for the 50th time and we'll continue to say until Tesla changes it. Um, the Model S for me personally has gotten bland and whilst it could still, I, I will, I will now never call the Model S as an ugly vehicle by any stretch, but you know, looking at the same patch of grass gets, uh, kind of boring uh, after a while. So from a design standpoint, it's the Lucid's definitely more interesting. Not only because it's new, but like I said, the the seats and the dashboard, there's like like I said, like five different little shades, nice little pop of color accented pieces there. There's one part's leather, another part's Alcantara. Um, you know, the screen configuration is very neat because the instrument cluster extends outwards to two subscreens on each side then there's the center then there's the the screen in the center console that actually folds away which i don't know kind of geeky for me but i think that's super cool um the windshield definitely i i love it's not found in the s but it's found in the x um i love it you know Lots, lots of natural lighting is always, always good and highlights the, you know, the colors of the interior and whatnot. Um, Would you say it was, it was uh, more of a luxury feel? Because Lucid is targeting the luxury class, which is something that Tesla's never really been able to. I would say so. I, I feel like it's a very common criticism of Tesla's interiors that, yeah, while they're not, you know, obviously they're better than like a Honda Civic Toyota Corolla and you know base like Audi A4s, BMW 3 Series and stuff like that. It's still, you know, you wouldn't really call a Model S interior like luxury. Like it's not, it's not like a you know Bentley, Rolls Rolls Royce or anything like that. It's above average and pretty good. But I feel like when most people, especially when the Model S cost like ninety thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, I think many people wanted something more from their interior not only from the materials standpoint, but, you know, Tesla went with this minimalistic style of interior. And for a lot of people, that's, you know, they really dig it. Just two screens and a steering wheel, and basically that's it, or a steering wheel and one one big screen, and in the case of the 3 and the Y. Um, but I feel like there was a decent amount of people that kind of wanted more. Like, for instance, my dad hates the interior of any of the, of especially the 3. Because it's just, like I said, it's just a steering wheel and a screen in the center. And it's not, unless you're really into that minimalistic style, it's not that interesting of an interior to look at. So this one was definitely just, you know, it was comfy and it was interesting to look at. It, it looks and feels like it's just so much more car for the money. Mm-hmm. Because this sits side by side with the Model S in terms of range, specs, and price. Well, it's a little but bit the, more it, expensive. Well, starting price of 75 is, yeah, a little bit more. Well, they also get the tax incentive. Can't forget that. Yeah, but the, the cheapest one won't be out for a year and a half, two years. Correct. So. Correct. Correct. But it's about the price of what the S was when it was new. So mm -hmm. if you, you know, so it's in the same price bracket. They took the extra step in regards to just about every aspect of this vehicle. Mm-hmm. 
everything just shines a little bit more. <laughs> how, how many materials are in this car? Oh, man. It's I mean, yeah. Uncountable. <laughs> uncountable. And if it wasn't for... Uh, unfortunately, if it wasn't for, you know, the world ending, we would have been able to touch the car more. But um, they took the... They took Corona kind of seriously there, so you weren't really able to, we weren't really able to touch upon a lot of the, you know, fit and finish pieces and leathers and whatnot, so we didn't even get the full experience, but at least we did get this in the car, but I wasn't allowed to now, touch anything. Now, I did ask if the software was complete, and they yeah. were kind of unable to answer that question. Yeah. Do you think we weren't allowed to touch the car because the software wasn't complete? Uh, it's a good that played a part? It, it's a good cover. If that is the case, um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a display, it, like if it wasn't a hundred percent workable, it was functional in some cases because, yes, uh, they opened the hood and the trunk with button presses on the touchscreen. So it wasn't like just for display purposes and whatnot. Of course. Yeah. Um, so but was it production ready? I mean, probably not, but given that we still have, they still have six months, I'm not gonna harp on it too much if it's just I mean I don't know to what extent we did, we couldn't drive the car so you know mm -hmm. m maybe the speed wasn't even displayed but we wouldn't know but I think if overall the software in terms of like the amount of screens where everything is placed and if that's been finalized and everything else is just kind of like bug fixes okay. and stuff like that yeah. I think being 6 months away from five, six months away from production is enough time for them to hopefully iron it out. They were also unable to answer whether or not the LiDAR system was ready for prime time. Yeah. They never explicitly said that the car will be released with autonomous features. Well, the, not uh, level three features. Not level three features. So basic, I think, like automated cruise control and stuff like that will be in it, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I'm doubtful we will be released with level three. Yeah. Given that that question was unable to be answered. Right. So um, aside from the car, obviously, we spent a lot of time talking to Guy about, you know, just the studio in general. And I mean, he's been with the company, like you said, for five years. So he's he's witnessed a lot over the the, the comeuppance of this of this company. And obviously, given our streak of um, calling uh, four dealerships to harass them about how well they know Maki. We, <laughs> we, we felt we needed to ask a guy about the, you know, training process because obviously uh, if the salesman doesn't know anything about EVs, there's going to be basically no way that they're going to be able to rightfully sell anyone who's clueless about EVs. So um, from what I can remember, guys said that there's a bunch of there's a pretty uh, pretty extensive interview process, and then they and other managers get together to discuss any shortcomings they saw in the in the candidates. And then there's like a second stage where they get more interviews and they come back. And then once they are accepted, then there's like a two-week crash course on Lucid as a whole, obviously, because you need to know what you're selling. And then knowing actual EV terminologies and stuff like that and he made it a point to know you know they use they they make employees talk to you know the with 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 tesla associates and go into tesla stores to see how they do it you know it's good that uh 
Lucid doesn't believe themselves to be above, you know, referring to Tesla and how they do things because obviously they've set the benchmark. So they don't shy away from doing that. They, they, they make the employees understand how Tesla does it. And then going with their wanting to create a luxury experience, they also make the employees go to, you know, just regular luxury stores like Burberry and Louis and Gucci and stuff like that to see what kind of customer experience they have because they clearly want this to be a very enjoyable and luxurious process. And then they do their, you know, standard like shadowing processes. So they, you know, do pretend consultations on whatnot to hopefully make sure that anyone you talk to in a lucid store will be more than knowledgeable enough to answer any question from both someone who's skeptical and someone who's enthusiastic about knowing an electric car uh once again really do take it serious yeah once again like i said we didn't put it to the test because they knew we were coming but that is you know they we, we talked it pretty extensively about how uh how they plan to prepare their sales associates so we hope that it does uh they, they they succeed in that um but yeah how was your how was your overall vibe it, it was definitely more interesting than the tesla story i think because once again tesla has a at least in my opinion tesla has a very you know minimalistic style and whilst this wasn't cluttered i feel like there was a couple more things to kind of like peruse and look at it was nice um loose is definitely building a a brand just as strong as they are an automaker mm-hmm I think that's made clear they, they have luxury merchandise and whatnot mm-hmm. the car of course is luxurious and, and the store it fits yeah te- tesla stores are very modern mm-hmm. minimalistic like their cars mm-hmm. this just felt it felt like it belonged in brickle city center yeah <laughs> yeah it, it definitely didn't look out of place even though it's the only thing related to automobiles in that place actually it has its own little section in the directory for automotives. They're definitely taking the training serious. Mm-hmm. At least from what as far, we've as far as we were as far told. as from what we've told we, we were told, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's much easier for a new automaker to do so mm-hmm. to train people from the ground up mm-hmm. into EVs versus converting sales staff and whatnot to to start selling what five ten percent of their sales as evs yeah there's not really incentive to learn there Mm -hmm. so now that we've gone through you know uh, tesla stores and now the lucid store and we've starting to get a picture of what we can expect from these stores i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a question i think i asked a couple weeks ago back when we were talking about dealerships as a whole and i'm gonna ask do you think that legacy automakers will possibly start to have some of these small you know mall showrooms for their future electric cars separate from everything else in the whilst while still maintaining maintaining dealer networks well from what we learned from guy Mm -hmm. this isn't going to be the the sole uh what do you want to call it process in the lucid buying process this whole step in the buying process right they're gonna have uh delivery centers separate yeah from they'll the... still have delivery centers separately they can't store cars at this location Mm-mm. so this is really just hey look at the car come in look at the car talk to our representatives mm-hmm. uh let's let's talk about evs mm-hmm. let's talk pricing let's talk configuration mm-hmm. for a normal legacy automaker 
I, th- I think it really only works if it's if if they're building a, a strong brand, like a sub brand. If it's someone in if it's someone in the in the luxury class, like let's say Cadillac. Mm-hmm. If Ford did it, I don't know if people would care. I don't know if pe- enough people would walk into that store. It's a good point. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, it's kind of a luxurious feeling. So, Lucid's looking at this from a from a brand creation standpoint, mm-hmm. and they're not above. Like you said, following suit with what Tesla's done, mm-hmm. they're not above learning from ug- other luxury companies. Mm-hmm. They, they've brought the right people on board, and they're expanding drastically. I actually think that the majority of people don't understand how big Lucid is, because you know you rarely hear about companies that aren't public nowadays. Mm-hmm. But they're in production right now. They, they yeah, just they about valid, yeah, for validations and final, you know, shakedowns and whatnot, yeah. They're beginning deliveries within the first half of next year. This is, what, one of five stores that are currently up? Yeah. But all five were up within, what, the last two weeks? Two months, maybe? With plans for many more. Plans to go international. Yeah. Many more to come. This is, their hiring process is rapidly growing. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot going on at this company. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a lot of financial backing. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, another Nikola. This this is this is a car that will be on the road in in just the next few months. It's it's a car you will see on the road. It's a car you'll see in malls. It's it's a car you'll probably walk into the store and ask about. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think that's something that people haven't realized yet, just how big Lucid is, and how big of a brand it will be. Yeah, but uh, obviously, many people point to the fact that their car is, you know, in the upper bracket of the price range, and the SUV is probably also going to be in the upper end of the uh, price range. But uh, Lucid has stated that, uh, you know, eventually, they they need to, you know, go down in price in later models. So it's not going to be a strictly luxury brand. I mean, it it probably will still feel luxurious. I imagine, but there will be cheaper cars in the future and maybe even more ultra luxurious in the future, possibly, you know, they're, they're exploring, they're exploring as many different uh, vehicle segments as they can, they can think of. We were told they were also exploring, uh, sourcing parts for other people, for other Mm. manufacturers. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's with the whole Apple car rumor up in the air some people are saying, Hey, Apple could just buy Lucid. I'm sure when uh, they announced 500 plus miles of range, a lot of companies' ears perked up, and you can't really ignore technological feat like that. It probably, you know, they probably got some calls from other prospective automakers, or I don't know, maybe other startups. So as as far as what we see at this point, Lucid's doing basically everything right. Uh, the the support is there the promised specifications is there the only thing left is to provide a product that actually fulfills on their promises and if it does oof, they got a they got a bright future at least in my opinion you got anything else to add we'll talk about how big the trunk is <laughs> bro i wrote an article about how big the trunk is i know how big the trunk i know how big the frunk is too you don't even know what to do with your frunk. Can you imagine if you owned the Lucid Air? Then you'd be really mad at yourself because you got so much space in the frunk and you still don't know what to do with all that space. <laughs>